0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. For the talk, we're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 3. Mark, chapter 3. Mark is the second book in the New Testament. If you're new to the Bible, there's It's kind of split into two halves. There's the Old Testament, which is before Jesus came and walked on the earth. And then there's the New Testament. And the first four books of the New Testament, by the way, if you're new to the Bible, those are great books to read. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells the story of Jesus. So we're going to be in the second book in the New Testament, the book of Mark. And to get us started, have you ever experienced the silent treatment? Here's a a definition Of the silent treatment my guess is never mind silent treatment a refusal to verbally communicate with someone often as a means of punishment emotional manipulation or control have you ever experienced I don't know how many are in the room right now but here's my guess someone right now had a fight on the way to church and they're like, "Oh my! I don't like th- I don't like this sermon already." Because you, because you're, I can remember one time coming into a group of people uh, early in the early in the day and saying to someone, "Good morning," and they did something like this. Hmm. You know, I'm like, "Whoops! Did something wrong there?" You experienced the silent treatment. Have you ever given anyone the silent treatment? Yep. yep. Tuesday. Last Tuesday, my wife and I were watching, uh, I think it's on Hulu, it's a a reality show called Alone, where they, anybody heard Alone, like they take people into this, into the wilderness and drop them off, and over like a hundred days, you watch them die of starvation. It's a great show. (laughs) Love it. Uh, No, there's more to it than that. But anyway, we were watching Alone because there's a new season, and I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I said something, and then she said something, and then I said something, and then she said something, and I said one more thing, and she said something, and I didn't like what she said. And so I thought, well, I'm not talking to you anymore. (laughs) None of you have ever done that, you bunch of liars? You're like... (laughs) (laughs) By the way, this is a side note. We should all get God heavily involved in our life, because when we start to do those things... God will come in, and I kid you not, I was sitting on this side of the couch, and she was on that side of the couch, and within five seconds of my plan to, I'm not talking to you again ever the rest of my life, which was not, really. But God snuggles up, and he says, wait a minute, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not talking to her. And he's like, we're not. He's God's, this is a little point, God is really helpful in our lives because we start to do things that we shouldn't do, and then he says, don't do that. But, and this silent treatment thing can get way out of hand. You can go from a silent moment, pause, to like a war of silence. And every once in a while, I'll talk to someone, and they will share that they've not talked to their brother in, and they'll say it like 12 years, or does that make sense? Some of you right now are like, that's this is way too personal. But it can get that way, right? The idea, the initial idea is the silent treatment stuff, generally speaking, it's bad, not helpful. Uh, So hold that thought. We're in a series called Raw. And uh, we're talking about different Bible stories where we get a glimpse into when God gets emotional. So we are seeing from this series things that are important to God, because generally speaking, we get emotional about things that are important to us, same with God. In today's text, we're going to look at a, a, a little episode where there's a group of people that kind of give Jesus the silent treatment, and he doesn't like it. Alright, so we're going to be in Mark 3. Here's what might be helpful before we read the text. Jesus is in the midst of his public teaching, leading, and healing ministry. He has gathered a group of disciples to help him do it. He's got a team at this point. Um, Oh, also... As he does this ministry, there's a growing group of people who don't like Jesus. They're resistant to what he's doing and who he is. And on this day, Jesus is going into the synagogue, which is kind of a church-type setting. And some of those religious people that are resisting him are there. And in the midst of the interaction, Jesus is going to ask them a question. And they're just going to be silent. So, verse 1. Jesus went into the synagogue, and this is important. A man with a shriveled hand was there. So, he's got a, a guy that, whose hand doesn't work. Some of them. This group of people. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Because these guys had a bunch of rules. Very, uh, very uh, binding rules about what you could and couldn't do on the Sabbath day. So they're watching Jesus. To see if he would heal. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, the group, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Here we go. But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. How cool is that? Last verse. Then the Pharisees, that's that group, went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Title of the talk is Irritated by Silence. And what I want to explore with you, what we're going to explore is what was, what was Jesus upset about here? Because those are actually pretty strong words when he looked around in anger and deeply distressed. So we're going to explore what he possibly was upset about, what irritated him. Uh, again, the practical application for most of us is we don't want to be irritating to God. Right? So there's some lessons here. And uh, also I think we'll get a glimpse into what God cares about. So let's pray. We don't want to be part of the group that irritates you, Lord. Uh, and we love it when you teach us about things you care about because we want to care about the things you care about I think will you be our teacher the rest of the morning and talk to us I pray in Jesus name amen two ideas from the text that irritated Jesus the first one is Jesus was irritated with their silence toward the simple toward a simple question if you're writing something down A simple question. You may have noticed it. Jesus asks them something that's really, I think we would all know the answer if Jesus came today here and said, hey, I got a question for you. Look at the question. Jesus says, which is lawful on the Sabbath? Paraphrase that. What would be a good thing to do on a Sunday? Right? What would be a good thing to do? Here's this, here's this hard question. To do good or to do evil? How many of you know the answer right now? Right, if he were here, you'd be like, bang, I got it. <laughs> to save life or to go kill somebody? What do you think? How, I'm guessing all of us. Wait, let me look like pretty well like all of us would go I totally know the answer. This would be the fun time in class where you could raise your hand with confidence. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. How many people would jump to answer that question? Like everybody. And that's when these guys are like no no no. It's so bizarre cuz it's such an easy question. <laughs> I actually I actually thought when I was considering this, I thought if this question were asked on a game show like Jeopardy, like the little button push thing, they'd be like all over it. And it would be, it would be nuts for them to go, I don't know. Who's, who, who does the Jeopardy? Who's the Jeopardy host guy? It used is it Alex Trebek used to be, or still is? Anyway, like what would it be so, is that it? Are we just making it up? Bert, Bert, the Jeopardy show host, that's the guy. Like, if they went, I don't know. (laughs) If they said, I don't know, Bert, that's a tough question. Just can't figure that one out. Can we just talk amongst ourselves? We like, this is such a. And then, so here's the idea from this God's will in this moment, God's will is clear. Should you do good or evil? You should do good. Should we save life or kill? Oh, we should save life. God's will is clear people are hesitating and Jesus is mad I don't know if this will fit very easily but you've also got the reality of this man standing in front with a problem that could be healed or fixed which is why Jesus is asking the question hey In a form, he's saying, should we help this guy or not? And they're like, I don't know. Now, before we're too judgy about this group of people, here's a question for us to consider about our own lives. It'll come up on the screen. Do I ever overthink or hesitate when God's will is clear? (laughs) Do you? It is so easy. To overthink or hesitate. I'll just ask you some questions. Next weekend, should you go to church? Like the simple answer is yeah, but you know, it's, it's hard sometimes you think, I don't, are we going to church in the morning? And then we go, well, I don't know, let me think about it. What if there's an obscure March blizzard? Right? It's, what if it's only 17 degrees? Or you know how we, we should just go, should we go to church? Yeah, we'll go to church. But we start to overthink or, no, you didn't like that one? Oh, like even today, should I, should I explore helping to renovate that little house? Because you've immediately felt, oh gosh, I might be able to help. And by the way, if you sign up, it doesn't mean, you know, we're going to, like, I might be just, I might be able to do that. But then we think, well, I don't know. They'll have my email. <laughs> and then, does that make sense how our brain goes into this overthink? Some of you might think, well, should I yell at my spouse today? And the obvious answer is no. Well, unless. I added this one last night when I was thinking about this. Like that person who's driving, they're, they're, they're halfway in your lane, and you're like, you know, should I flip them off today? <laughs> Can I just tell you, some of, the, some of this is why God brought you to church today. The answer is no. <laughs> don't flip them off. But you're like, I don't know. I have to think about that. <laughs> because isn't it Crazy. I had one more, uh, like, should we, should we give, should you give God, should you regularly give God an offering? Which, I, you know, I'm, we don't talk a lot about money here, but should you give God an offering? By the way, the answer to that is, yes, if God's providing for you, you should give God an offering. But it is amazing how complicated it can get sometimes, where people are like, well, should we give an offering to the church? Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know all about their budget. And we overthink some things that are really very, you know, I, I don't know, what kind of car does the pastor drive? <laughs> he drives a 2012 Honda Pilot that's amazing. <laughs> Unless you're going 60 miles an hour, because then the, then the little, the wheel goes. A- <laughs> but besides that, it's amazing. But you know how we think about stuff. Uh, I want to, um, oh, this was another one. Oh, this happened to me this week. I started to overthink. Uh, I went and had dinner with a group of guys. They're kind of new friends of mine, uh, a bunch of great guys, and uh, we were at a Wings place. There's probably eight of us around the table, and I've only had like dinner with them one other time year a year ago. And we got our food, and they all know, I think some of them are Christians, and I don't know them super well, but they all know that I'm a pastor, and our food came, my, my loaded tots came, <laughs> which felt like I was right in the middle of God's will, right there, because <laughs> my loaded tots are in front of me. And I don't know if you've ever had an experience like this, but it just felt like the Holy Spirit came up to the right side of me, and he said, you gonna offer to pray for the meal? And I'm like, by the way, the answer should have been for me, yeah. But my thought was, oh, I don't know about that, because I don't know all, you know, because I don't know all these guys that well. And you know how that whole thing, and uh, I must, God must have been gracious to me, or He just poked me hard enough, because I. But I paused, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, and this awkward. And then finally I said, I, I said, hey guys, like, you know, I'm going to do that pastor thing. How about we pray before the meal? And then they started punching me, punching me like, no, no, I hate you. God, like, why do you always bring up God? And no, they didn't. And I blurted out a prayer that was really average. You know, I just said, hey, you know, thanks for the food and for friends around the table. And Uh, You know, and actually, it didn't go that bad. You know, a couple of them said, thanks for doing that. I don't know what they all thought. But how many of you know it was a pretty simple ask from God when he said, hey, pray for the... Okay. So here's one little extra idea before we move on through this point. How about we offer God a heart that is willing to obey quickly rather than... Always hesitate again and again. Even in the text, wouldn't it have been amazing if Jesus would have said to this group of people, hey, guys, what do you think? Should we give life or take life? Should we, uh, should we do good today or do evil? Wouldn't it have been great if that group would have said, let's do some good. Like, right away, just go, let's do some good. How about, Jesus, you help this guy? Wouldn't that have been it?" Neat moment for God. Those would be. I'd, I'd like to be more of that person. Because I'm not sure that that's God's experience. With a lot of humanity. Psalm 119. The writer says. I have considered my ways. And have turned my steps. Toward your statutes. Talking to God. He says I will hasten. And <laughs> look at that. Not. Not delay to obey not delay to obey look god even made it rhyme for us not delay to obey all right to finish up this point a little bit of a pause and we'll fill in this question is there a simple situation that i'm over complicating just a pause for us, for God to speak to us. Is there something going on in life? The answer, the direction for obedience is pretty easy, but we're overthinking. Sometimes when I ask myself those kinds of questions, I think about these four areas that can help me. Physical, is there something physical I'm supposed to be doing? Pretty simple, but I'm Pausing too much? Something spiritual? Supposed to be praying for someone? Supposed to be reading your Bible? Is there something financial? I got one of these in my life that, that uh, I know I'm supposed to give some money to a guy that asked me. And I, I'm like, "What? Well, just get it done. Relational. Are you supposed to stop the silent treatment right now? Or maybe you're supposed to call somebody. Okay. Oh, guys, see, I have one more thing I want to say before we close this point. Okay, hang in there. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't hesitate to come to earth and die on the cross for our sin? Yeah. Aren't you glad when somehow God communicated from heaven, I got an idea? What if one man died so that the sins of billions of people might be forgiven? What, if, what about that? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't overthink it and go, I don't know. That sounds like it could hurt. Or, I don't know, die for the whole world? Do we really want all of them? You know, that one guy's really a jerk, and that one girl... Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm glad he didn't overthink it. So Jesus was irritated with their silence toward a simple question. And the other thing, Jesus was irritated with their stubbornness. Just one word, fill in the blank, stubbornness. He says in verse five, he looked It says, he looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. Their stubborn hearts. So that word, I looked up a little bit more of the definition in the Greek, which is what the original language of the text is. This stubbornness is to cover with a callous. It means hardness because it's talking about a stubborn heart. Uh, I didn't put it on the screen, but it did describe, its, it was like the hardness of the material of marble. So this is like, re, like that's the kind of stuff you would put on a flooring or a countertop, right? So it's to cover with a callousness, a hardness. It's used to describe a hardness of heart, metaphorically applied to the organs of feeling. So in other words, it's when apparently with these guys, their hearts were hardened so much that they weren't feeling what they obviously should be feeling, which was Jesus stood a man in front of them with a, with a hand that didn't work, and they ought to be feeling some compassion for the guy, and they're feeling nothing. So let's dive a little bit into why they maybe should feel some compassion for the guy who's one of his hands isn't, doesn't function right. I have a friend who has a bad hand, and uh, so I'm a little bit aware. At least with my with my friend, they experience physical pain because of the, the dysfunction of the hand. Um. Just thinking about the guy in the text, and of course, we don't know exactly what he'd been through, but I can imagine uh, the challenge of going to a job interview again and again and again, and trying to convince the employer, I will work hard, I will do, I can do this job, and yet the employer going, God, I don't know the... I really, we really want two hands. Wouldn't that be painful to, have, to go through that? I even thought about him. We don't know the guy's life, but I wonder if there were moments and times where he was someplace, and he might look across the room and see a woman that he was interested in and maybe some sparks like, oh, hey. And she might go, oh, ah. And then they would meet, and then she would see. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that one of that you had a. Uh, wouldn't that be painful? And then she's like, "Yeah, well, maybe we'll just be f- friends or something." That we're just being real, right? I am pretty sure that on a daily basis the guy would face things like, "I just want to tie my sandals," but it's so hard. So that guy is standing in front of these this group of men and they're feeling nothing for him and it's not okay with Jesus here's a fill in the blank instead of seeing a hurting person they only cared about their religious rules The reality of the other person's pain wasn't penetrating their hearts. I've got just uh, a comment and then a final kind of question for us as we get ready to close. One comment is... um, Most of us have an area of life, it may not be physical, that's not working. It's like like the shriveled hand area of your life. You wish it would work, might be physical, might be emotional, might be relational, but it just doesn't work. Here's what I want to remind you of. People will fail you in terms of compassion for that area. Okay. Now, I think we should be a church and we should be people who try to feel the pain of others. But generally speaking, we're not going to do that perfectly because we don't know exactly the pain that you have. But here's what I want to say to you. Jesus Christ is a leader in the compassion area. He is aware of your stuff. We should remember that. Even in this text... What is it? Jesus is a champion for this guy's pain. And Jesus had seen dozens, hundreds, thousands of people with similar situations. He had healed dozens, hundreds, thousands of people before. And yet on this day, once again, Jesus is like, I feel your pain and I'm going to do something about. it." He is a feeler of pain. We should know Christ because a lot of us, all of us, all of us, All of us need connection with God to experience minimally the compassion of God. He's a good God. I wish he healed every time. Amen? Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. But I know he has compassion. A reminder. The last thing is for an application for us. How is my heart toward others' pain? How's my heart toward others' pain? And this is just that simple challenge. Today, this afternoon, this week, when you see someone and you realize they've got an area of life that's hurting, can we just be like Jesus, not be hard-hearted, and be people of compassion? So to recap... Jesus was irritated with their silence toward a simple question and their stubbornness. Why don't you stand? We'll close. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.